This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, episode 1037. When does laughing affect your IELTS speaking score? Welcome to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English, downloaded more than 22 million times with former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz. If you are stuck with a low score, our insider method will help you get the score you need to unlock your dreams. Get your estimated band score now with our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash my score. Should you laugh on your IELTS speaking exam? Turns out the answer is more complicated than you think. Learn why today. Wondering about your fluency level? Take our simple English fluency quiz and find out if you're 50% fluent, 65% fluent, or 80% fluent. Plus, get ready for an exciting new course release coming up in early June. Learn from real English conversations so you can finally get competent. Take the quiz at allearsenglish.com slash fluency score. Hey, Jessica, want to hear a joke? Ah, Of course, always. (laughs) This is so fun. We're talking about jokes today. Guys, the funniest thing is a six-year-old telling a joke. Oh, my gosh. Because they just, like, make them up. They'll be like, knock, knock, and who's there? And you say who, and they just, it never makes any sense. I know. And they laugh anyway. Like, there is no pun. There is no punchline. They just, like, don't really get it yet, at least my twins. So I just laugh anyway. Pretend it's funny. Because it's always adorable. (laughs) Even if it's not like technically funny or whatever, it is because they are so delighted. Exactly. They're laughing so hard. Yeah. I know, right? This is going to be a really fun episode. We had a student write in about that the speaking exam, they were asked to talk about a joke that made them laugh. And I could see this really tripping me up. If I hadn't thought of a joke recently, it might take me a while to think of one. So this is something you'll want to have thought about in case you get this question. I am not good at remembering jokes. Like, I, listeners, you know, I love to laugh. I laugh all the time. I can't help it. Sometimes too loud. Often at the wrong times, I will laugh um, because my sense of humor is still very much immature. Um, (laughs) I am not an adult in so many ways. I find everything my son who's 10 finds funny. I also find hilarious, you guys. I can't help it. Just everything is funny to me. However, (laughs) I am so bad at remembering jokes. Like I can never remember the the punchlines or like what order stuff goes in. I always start telling a joke and then I'm like, no, wait, no, I, oh, no, wait, that's not how it goes. And then I have Can to like ruin restart the it. <laughs> like as bad as my six-year-olds. <laughs> I am, seriously. And so I feel like the only jokes I can remember are uh, dirty jokes. They're not appropriate for this podcast or for oh, IELTS, yeah. you know, because <laughs> I don't know why. I just remember those funny jokes and they're not appropriate. So I would have a very difficult time with this question as well. But then I could spin it, right, just like you guys can, listeners. Just say, like I just did, I just described why I cannot remember jokes. Answer the question directly. Say directly why you can't 
<laughs> say the thing. And then I could talk about my favorite stand-up comedy, or I could talk about just the amount of laughter and silliness that James and I have, um, where we could just, we find the world so funny and maybe d- disrupt other people with our laughter sometimes. And I'm okay with that. I could describe an experience like that to answer. Yes, exactly. It's such a good point that it's okay if you can't think of a joke, right? But if you just, you can't just be like, yeah, I can't think of one. You have to explain why and then say something related. And that's still a very high scoring answer. Yes, exactly. At the end of the day, it is an English test. Guys, I can't tell you how many times this one thought ran through my head as an examiner when I was witnessing a student struggle. I was thinking, you know what? It's a speaking test. Please just speak. Please, please just talk. That's all I need. I just need to hear you talk. That's it. Like your anxiety, your worry, you're trying too hard and it's ruining your score. So it's a speaking exam, guys. Okay, I'm going to read the part of this uh, letter, which is applicable to what we're talking about. So this lovely student, Tony, wrote in. Thank you for writing to us. Um, he said, I am very much concerned about my speaking exam. The thing is, I was asked to talk about a joke that made me laugh. It went great, hopefully, and I enjoyed it. But by the end of my two-minute talk, I had been telling the joke with so much feeling and emotion that I couldn't help but burst into a loud laugh. Okay, so far, totally fine. And then it gets worse. Okay, I tried to calm down, but it did not work. I kept laughing even in part three, and I am sure that the examiner clearly didn't appreciate it. He was annoyed, I think, but I did answer all the questions. Do you think this behavior of mine will badly affect my score? This is such an interesting question. What would happen in this circumstance? So let's take it step by step. First, we're in part two, right? Judging from that student's description of his part two experience, what do you think the examiner was thinking at that point, Aubrey? Yeah, I think that they would be really impressed. Like, yeah. it sounds like he was able to tell this joke really natively, talk about it really natively, actually showing real feeling and emotion and actually laughing. That sounds so, that doesn't sound like a student answering a part two answer. I'm guessing this would have scored very highly. Yes, exactly. Okay. However, okay, we know. The examiner doesn't grade you separately on each part. It's not like we give you a score for part one and then a different one for part two and then a different one for part three, right? You guys got to understand what's happening in the examiner's mind, what the requirements are of us while we're listening to you. We are supposed to give you a score that is overall, right? Average, what did you do on all three parts? What does that average out to? And having said that, like, This person did really well in part two, but in part three, guys, that's your last impression. You know, like it would be it would be really difficult to leave the examiner with a bad taste in her mouth, if you will, um, in part three and then still get above a seven like that. That would be really hard. Like you'd have to do so over the moon to the stars and back well in part one and two in order to still get a seven if you don't do well in part three. You know what I mean? Like we want to do well in all three parts, right? So what do you think the examiner was thinking in part three? Now let's put ourselves in the examiner's shoes. Now we're in, we're in a good spot in our head, band score seven probably, right? And then we move into part three and the student cannot stop laughing. They do eke out answers, 
for all the the questions, but they're still they're still laughing. Like, what what do you think would happen there? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It would be problematic because part three, the questions are serious, right? right? They're, uh, they're not about, they're usually never about something that you would ever laugh about. And so when you're answering this question, it's going to, it's going to affect your fluency score because you're laughing when you should be talking. Right. You would have to really clamp that down. I feel like I've been in this kind of situation where I've just gotten sort of giddy and slap happy. Totally. And I, I want to laugh when it's not a situation where I should be laughing. And there are actually strategies, you, you know, you can do to like, you have to immediately think about, like, really think about the part three question you've been a- asked. And if it's something very serious and somber, if you're actually really thinking about that and giving a thoughtful answer... I feel like that's really going to clamp that down. You're going to stop laughing. You're going to be thinking about this serious topic now. If you don't do that, that's definitely going to pull down your score. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've, ex- we've all experienced uncontrollable laughter. I know. I used to be really nervous talking in front of people, if you can believe that. It was really becoming a teacher that solved my public speaking um, anxiety. But um, like when I was in sixth grade, I remember doing, I had to do a presentation uh, in front of the class and I I couldn't do it. I could not stop laughing. I that is hard to believe that you ever were like nervous in front of people. (laughs) I I think I managed a total of two words before I started giggling, and then like I just couldn't stop laughing. And it was one of the uh, like contagious giggles. You know, like everyone started laughing, even the teacher. Like. I just, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing. And I do, I love that feeling now when that happens, but it it was problematic (laughs) at the time for sure. And I, you know, I do, this could definitely happen to some students who are nervous on the exam, but guys, you know, our message is always the same. It comes back to strategies. Always. We have to have a foundation of strategies to rely on. Um, And what is, what strategies can we even be talking about in this case? Well, In our course on Three Keys IELTS, we have a whole module about anti-anxiety strategies, all right? We don't just give you tools to find a reading answer. We give you tools to improve your overall fluency. We give you tools to find confidence. We give you tools to be as prepared as possible, as well as techniques to get over anxiety. And we, guys, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've heard students talk about using those like on the listening test, for example, when they've totally lost track because they're nervous and they panic, but they have the strategies to come back to and rely on so they get back on track. You know what? Exactly. We can't control everything that happens. We're all right. going to fly off the rails at some point, but what you need is tools to get back on the rails. <laughs> and this, those same strategies that help you beat that anxiety would also help you beat the giggles, right? right? You're laughing about this funny joke. It might not have anything to do with nerves. Those same strategies would help you control that and get back on target. Yes, exactly. And 
honestly, it it comes back to breathing. You know, this is the yes. number one thing I always tell students when they're so nervous. Um, they they even get nervous in the speaking mock test talking to us on Skype, right? Because it's all a big deal. There's a lot of pressure writing on this entire situation. And so, you know, Aubrey and I, we coach students through anxiety as well. And going back to the breath, that's one of the number one things I tell people. Take a beat, right? You can pause. All right, guys, if it's going to help your score, just pause and take a deep breath. Close your eyes and take a deep breath and slowly let it out. Guys, that is not going to hurt your fluency score. Okay. Oh, I can hear some. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Landscaping. The landscaper in the showed up. It's probably super loud. Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. We're <laughs> we're almost done for today, anyway. Um, you know, noises happen. Um, so guys, definitely get some anti-anxiety strategies. Start right now, just practicing, just with your breath. When stuff comes up to make you lose control, either laughing or crying or whatever in real life, take a beat. Take a breath, you know, take a pause out of life um, and just breathe. Five breaths, right? On the test, just one breath is good or else your fluency score goes down. But right. this is something to practice time. before test day. Yeah, really good point. Um, I think this kind of thing, if you don't practice it before test day, it can derail you because you, you won't really know how to act in that moment. So really take that take the time before to think of all these eventualities and think about what you would do in that situation and then on test day you'll go in confident knowing like I've thought about every potential situation and I'm ready Exactly, guys. So check out how you can learn all of our strategies and access our study plan. Guys, we guarantee that you will increase your IELTS score with our system. So check it out, allearsenglish.com slash keys. That's K-E-Y-S. All right, sweet. Aubrey, uh, thanks for the strategies today. Yes. Thanks, guys. Sorry about the background noise. Ah! All right. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to IELTS Energy. Hit subscribe now and don't forget to find your estimated band score at allearsenglish.com slash my score.